0: Hey everyone, I have Corey Cooper on today out of Huntsville, Alabama. He's running his first Pro-Am this year with East 10. Uh, Let's get to know a little bit more about him. Thank you for listening. Uh, I guess we'll start out. uh, Got Corey Cooper here competing in East 10's Pro-Am this year. Um, So what got you into the sport? Were you into any other sort of uh, automotive? I, I know a lot of people are out of like... Of motocross type of stuff, I've seen people be like, "Well, I was into skateboarding, and the scene kind of just transitioned."
1: (laughs) Um, Well, so I was into skateboarding (laughs) actually, and then a thing called college happened, and uh, I uh, my skateboarding time severely dropped. But uh, what'd you go to college? A lot of people uh, mechanical engineering. Nice. Yeah, and a lot of people ask me like, "Hey, how'd you get into drifting, or you know what what got you to start drifting?" And uh I remember um I listened to uh a radio station back in college and they were like hey we're giving away four free tickets for a motorcycle stunt show in Orlando. And I was like sure I'll call why not. So I won the tickets and I got four tickets and no one else could go with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I went by myself to this motorcycle stunt show and it was actually at if you or anyone listening has ever heard of this as uh, CFRC central Florida racing complex.
0: Okay. And that's,
1: that's where I think a lot of the Florida drifters pretty much got their start, like Kelsey Rowlings and Chelsea Denofa and all them. Pat Gooden.
0: That's pretty sweet. sure that's,
1: yeah, that's like, that was like their home track, I think. But, um, anyways, there was a motorcycle stunt show and then their, their little halftime show was drifting. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? And, uh, So I watched it and I just, I guess I liked it. I don't know. And then I went and like after the little halftime show, I got up out of the stands and it was just like hanging around all the drift cars in the pits and like talking to the drivers and asking them questions and all that stuff. And I guess from then on out, I just like drifting. (laughs) And uh, one of my buddies had a 240 SX. And like, when you think of 240 SX, you think of shit box. And like this car was a shit box. It was a 240 and it was a turbo ka and uh Ooh. he let me drive it and i was just like man this is fun i need one of <laughs> these things <laughs> and uh i think that's what started the downward spiral
0: now is your current car your first car or what was your first no, drifting car my first drifting car
1: was uh i think it was an 89 hatch oh, shit. and it was a single cam and i never drifted it though i told myself like i, I knew enough about drifting to where i was like i need to at least get an sr and or something yeah so i didn't drift it until i put an sr in it and my first drift event was on stock blown shocks oh.
0: and it was just horrible well you know Absolutely what they say horrible. you know suspension doesn't matter in drifting <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well i mean <laughs> i've never heard that but <laughs> no Oh no. no, god no <laughs> but
1: yeah, it was horrible. And like, I, I, this was back in 2012, the end of 2012, that's and, cool. and um, I think it was my mom that came out and was taking video of me, and she had no idea what was going on, anyways, and she was just taking video of me, and I watched it, and you can just see the whole car just bouncing up and down when I clutch kicked. And it was just <laughs> like, wow, that's sad. <laughs>
0: oh, so whatever happened to that one?
1: Uh, let's see. So that was that was my red one. Which was actually kind of in decent condition. And then ah, uh, what happened to it? I think I eventually wrapped it like super metallic green for some reason. Okay. And then uh, and then I did a drift event in bowling green and just went straight into the wall. Oh, <laughs> so then it went that chassis.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that can uh, definitely take it out of uh, rotation. Yeah. Uh, Literally too. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely did. Luckily Um, I had a trailer with me that event, so (laughs) I wasn't stranded. That's good.
0: That's always a, I still find it crazy for anyone that (laughs) drives their drift car to the events. And like, yeah, you know what? I don't find it too crazy because I remember exactly when I did that.
1: uh, And it's like, you know what? I've been there. You're not crazy, but man, do I not, wish I could go back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, and I know, you know, there's plenty of reasons you have to, you're on a budget. You're just wanting to go out there and have fun. Oh yeah. But, oh yeah. Like part of me is just like that terrifies me for knowing the billion different things that can go wrong mm-hmm. and just be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess oh, yeah. I'll have to pick up my car Monday. Yeah.
1: My first drift event was at that CFRC place before I moved to Alabama. And, um, I drove an hour from Daytona to Orlando in my 240, like straight pipe (laughs) with a rice muffler on it and (laughs) wheels in the back and a jack and a bunch of tools. I drove there, drifted all night because it was a two-day night event. So I drifted all night and then drove back to Daytona at like one in the morning and then did it again the next
0: day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I do love that, uh, just speaking of night events, I love that at least we have one place in Tennessee that puts on the night events with Clarksville. Clarksville, yeah. Um, That is a fun place to hang out and just see people go crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any drift events? Like, I know uh, you're not the biggest fan of Midpond. Are there any other drift events in uh, Alabama that you hit up? Well... It's not that I'm
1: not a. It's not that I don't like mid pond.
0: Well, I guess that's another story. But anyways, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there uh, there was interest in doing drift events at Huntsville Speedway. So I think maybe like two years ago at this point, um, the guy that was leading iTrack, he came to Huntsville and wanted to do a demo day, and and then we did a demo day, and um. That's all I guess I want to say about that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but nothing ever came of it. So I don't, I don't know. I got you. Oh man. So at least you have, uh, all the Tennessee events to hit up and, uh, um, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I like Huntsville. It's kind of centrally located. So that's, that's pretty good.
0: Very true. Very true. Uh, yeah. Cause you, you get pretty much, well, I don't have mm-hmm. a straight drive to Atlanta, but it's still not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I would man, I really want to go to Grid Life this year. I saw this. You know stuff. what? I've been waiting so long to hear about the um, drifting acceptance,
1: whatever you want to call it, roster, and like, yeah. it's like there's they're not giving any information. So
0: I just saw like five or so of my friends get accepted into LS Fest East. So yeah, me, I was one of them. I guess nice um i bet you're super psyched for that one again yeah i did ellis fest uh two or three years ago and it
1: was real fun um just a plain good time and i don't know if they were doing the actual like competition that they've been doing lately the year that i went because i don't remember there being an actual competition I got but you. i'm looking forward to that just you know see what happens
0: yeah uh, I, know, I
1: know there's going to be a lot of great drivers out there
0: Last year was my first year going and, uh, got to see the actual competition stuff going down. And, uh, I was not expecting that level, I guess, of drivers and everything out there. It was insane. Oh yeah. So um, yeah,
1: when I went, I think the crowd started off kind of slow because they were like, what are all these Nissans doing here? <laughs> and then, and then I, I guess the drifting started and it's like more people just poured into the stands. Oh, dude. Something like that.
0: Like, it was packed up, uh, like, I really think at every event I go to that has drifting and other things going on now, um, mm-hmm. you know, Import Alliance, LS Fest, and, like, even LS Fest West, um, where they had a huge, They like, I don't know if they're going to do it at East this year, but West had a huge thing that they just considered Sideshow, where it was mm-hmm. just a big-ass burnout box. Um. I don't know.
1: I, it doesn't ring a bell at LS Fest East, at least in the past. They but did, uh I, know yeah, they didn't I don't have know. it
0: there last year. Uh, but yeah, at LS Fest West that pulled a big crowd and then the drifting pulled probably the biggest crowd because you had people circling around the entire track. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then like you go it was hilarious if you go and look at the drag racing and you just see like twenty people sprawled out through a stands that can hold probably eight thousand Hmm. um and then you look at over the drifting and they have like one little thing of bleachers and then you know a thousand people hanging out around it watching what's going on (laughs) right yeah yeah i mean i think people
1: generally like drifting as you know as long as the drivers are good and they put on a good show in in a situation like that you know where it's where it's like kind of an exhibition type thing
0: it's a huge spectator sport i mean yeah for sure I mean, especially Formula Drift Atlanta. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, that was unreal. Those people get into it. Uh, especially when Vaughn Gittin loses a tire, but it's not actually lost. It decides to hide inside his wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- that was the most ridiculous thing I think I've seen happen there, including seeing Dean Kearney lose a wheel last year. Yeah. Didn't something happen with Vaughn this year, and like his team like replaced
1: The whole front end of his car or something in like 30 minutes. There was something something
0: super insane like that. I can't remember exactly what had to happen, but there was, I I didn't think it was Vaughn, but it probably was. And yeah, I know it was Vaughn. I know it was Vaughn. I just forget exactly what it was that he pulled off
1: (laughs) Yeah, or his
0: team and his team, whatever. I feel like it was like a full like front clip, essentially swap something like that yeah um but yeah it, it's so unreal um that has to be the best fd event of the year every year oh man i'm 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 sad i missed it but
1: i had some uh some nice family stuff going on it was still a good time for that, me but that ne- ne- next year I, next year <laughs> i need to really get out to atlanta need to
0: oh yeah um that that would definitely be sweet but so, uh, yeah. Tell me about the car that you're running now, the blue S 13.
1: Yeah. So it's S 13 coupe. And the reason I picked a coupe is, um, so I wanted to build a car basically as best as I could to the FD rulebook. because if everything goes right, then I won't have to change anything and I can just continue on with the same car, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And uh, I wanted a coupe because it's way easier to uh, wall off the trunk area because of, you know, fuel cell and stuff sure. like that than it is on a hatch because, you know, in a coupe you can just open the trunk and there's your fuel cell. You can refill, you can do whatever, blah, blah, blah. But on a hatch, my buddy uh, had a hatch and, you know, he had to wall it off. And you can't use the hatch itself as one of your walls. So he had, like, the whole thing just boxed in and you, like, couldn't access it, it or it was really hard to access. And I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. Jeez. So, so I found a coupe in, uh, what's the name of that city? Loudon, Tennessee. I think like the middle of nowhere, I found this shell for 250 bucks with the title <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> went and picked it up. And this was like three and a half years ago. So I've had this show for a while.
0: I'm still surprised of, I guess drift was drift tax not as in effect at that time, or I can't believe uh, finding a chassis with a title for 250 bucks anywhere.
1: Yeah. Um, I forget what the market was like at that time. Honestly. Holy I mean,
0: crap.
1: I it, I know it wasn't as bad as it is now, yeah. but I've seen, I've seen some shells for cheap out there. I mean, you just, yeah. you just got to look around, I guess I've seen it was one of those things. One of those things where like, I found a guy, on like a Facebook like I'm selling the shell for two hundred fifty bucks and I'm like, oh man, that's a really good deal. I need to get this shell right away. Yeah. And I did.
0: I, I feel like I'm not surprised anymore when I see it. it's just like, hey, I got a rust bucket of a ninety one two forty hatch. Uh no engine, no transmission. I want twelve fifty. Uh yeah,
1: I guess. <laughs> I know some people that have paid some pretty astronomical prices for what i would consider uh nothing great but uh
0: i mean it's i don't know it's the market just depends on what people are paying you know what i mean so what prompted you to put the correct engine in your car
1: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) oh here we go here we go so i let's see in my last car i had an sr and um it was it wasn't built. It was just had like, you know, a boost controller and you know, a fuel pump. It sure. it was running fourteen or fifteen pounds, whatever. And it was doing great. And then I went to Nashville Fairgrounds a while okay. ago and I had a really good day, except for coming out of the last turn. I don't know if you've ever been to Fairgrounds. Yeah,
0: Turismo Drift out there.
1: Yeah, so it was a little the layout we were running was different than what Turismo did. But anyways, okay coming out of the last turn is like you're in second and then you come out of the last turn and shift to third and kind of thing. So <laughs> me being, I don't know, just I don't even know just making driver errors I, instead of going from second to third I went from second to first oh. and uh, and I did that at least two or three times throughout that day and then the last time you know and I was like oh, okay <laughs> So I took the engine out and I just decided to just go balls deep and fully build it. And I did that and I think the biggest mistake I made was sleeving it. I wanted a ninety millimeter SR and at that point you have to sleeve it. So, you know, this is Huntsville, it's Alabama, it's yeah. the South. They don't like imports. Well, they don't work on imports. It's Ooh. like oh
0: yeah, V eight, V eight.
1: So there's no like import shops around here, but I took my engine to a place that had a good reputation and, and they sleeved it for me and I thought it did a good job. And then the first event I took it to, I did one lap and then it was burning coolant like crazy. Mm. Like what the hell? So I had to take it back apart again. And it turns out the sleeves had dropped like ever so slightly, but enough to where the head gasket wasn't sealing anymore. That's so hilarious. So I had to rebuild it again and then it did it again, I think. And then I'm like, oh my God. So I, I found another I found a whole nother block and I just bored it out to like 87 or 88 where I wouldn't need sleeves. And then I uh, I put it together and I, I think I just left it sitting there because I had already made the decision like, you know what? I'm just going to put a V8 in because I don't want to have to worry about turbo problems. And I want something that's just going to be reliable and have torque and whatever. So I took, I took that SR and I put it in a hard body, (laughs) (laughs) which was actually really fun. And then one day I was driving it and it started knocking and I'm like, are you kidding me? So I sold the engine and the transmission to someone and that was the end of the SR era for me. And uh, I think like a year or two ago, I actually saw parts of that engine build for sale on Facebook for somewhere. And I'm like, Hey, I recognize those <laughs> coil packs, <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. So I just, I, for the money, you can't beat it Yeah. really. I mean, I don't, if you're doing an actual LS where it's like at the time it was like, 2 grand or 2500 just for the engine. I wouldn't have done it, but and you're lucky you know, I did to find all that. Like an
0: LS1 right now for that much.
1: Yeah, and uh you know I did a bunch of research and found like oh truck motors are pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. They're just they just have a bigger intake on them. So I did that instead and I got the first engine with the harness and the computer for 600 bucks and it's like you can't beat that. Is I mean just the like
0: yeah. Yeah nice oh man yeah and it, it definitely gives your car the distinct look with that uh wonderful truck <laughs> manifold sitting out of the hood yeah um about that. everyone everyone loves it everyone always tells me how much they just
1: love it oh yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit but yeah, uh, it, it. I mean, you're definitely putting up smoke and having a good time doing it. It looks like so. That's what uh, it all comes down to. Uh, yes, sir. And yeah, it's hard to beat the price for not having to do that much to them to get the power to the tires. I know exactly. You um, know, I can focus. I can focus more on my actual driving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I'm assuming coil overs all around and
1: yeah, I got a uh, ISR coil overs. Uh, they helped me out with the coils and also uh, full rear suspension arms and uh, rear uh, eccentric lockout kit for uh, the, uh, what are they called? Camber bolts, whatever okay. you want to call them. Cam cam bolts. Yeah. So I replaced those. So it's a little bit more stiff back there. You know,
0: do you have any official sponsors on your car?
1: So it would be ISR and um, um, I guess Amsoil ish. Okay. You know uh, Brian Frombrock, Frombach. he helps me out with uh, Amsoil. That's sweet. whenever I need it.
0: Yeah, definitely helpful to have anyone in your corner that you can get. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, do you have any con- like consistent crew to help you out at events, or is it kind of uh, see who will
1: help? So, out? so. Pro-Am this year is the first time I've ever actually like tried to have a crew with me. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, so, I mean, it was it's all brand new for me, really. And yeah. uh, the uh, one guy that's been to both events, both competitions so far, and I know is coming to the third one so far, is my buddy Harrison. Um, let me think. My buddy Danny came to the last two, can't make the third one. And my buddy Kevin White came to the first one, didn't make the second, can't make the third. So it's, you know, whoever I can get. But it's like, I don't, I don't have, uh, what's the right word? Maybe high expectations for like the level of commitment from people because it's my first time needing a crew and it's like i don't have i don't have money to pay them to be there so i don't i can't i don't blame them if they can't make an event or whatever i mean that's perfectly fine
0: you know sure you can't expect to like you're not going to rely everything on if this person that is just being a good friend is going to go for sure it's, exactly and I, I would love for you to be there but i understand yeah. other things come up exactly i mean they have lives too you know that's just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so how have uh the program events been treating you so far for the first two uh good you know of, of course everyone wants to
1: win so in that respect uh we we could be doing better but sure. Considering my first pro-am event ever, I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. I was at the end of the first competition. I think I was in 18th place with points. And at the end of the second competition, I was in 14th place with points.
0: Nice.
1: So at at least I'm, you know, within the first 50% of the field. Yeah, I'm improving. (laughs) uh, But man, the guys that are up in like one, two, three, and four position, they are. They are really good drivers and they're way up there in points too. And so we'll just have to see uh, what I can do.
0: I mean, with it being your first time out, you can't expect, Oh, I'm just going to go out and beat everybody for my first pro am. Yes. Um, I mean, I like
1: as much as I, as much as I want to say my plan was to get top three this year, uh, I didn't, I didn't expect it, you know, so I'm not going to be bummed if I don't. It just gives me another year of practice in pro am. If anything, you know, and it's the experience too. So I mean, if anything, I'm learning how things are run and and you know what to do here and there, etc., etc. So it's this year. It's way more of a learning
0: experience. Yeah, it's a build up year. Yes, as anyone in Tennessee has used that phrase that watches college football. Mm -hmm. It's a build up (laughs) year. (laughs) I'm not a sports fan, but I actually understand where you're going with that. (laughs) I'm not a sports fan either, but I hear it a lot from people who are Mm -hmm. Uh, right. (laughs) It's like, don't worry. We're just building up this year. We'll we'll be great next year.
1: I promise. Um,
0: Oh yeah. If you were able to pick any car to just have as a platform for competing, what do you think you'd want to go with? Well, considering the fact that I'm a realist, I would still pick an S13 and
1: the reason is because I've been drifting one for 6 years, so I'm very comfortable in them. You know what I mean? Sure. And like I know I know people that have gone f- from a chassis they've been driving for years to a brand spanking new totally different car and like you know, they've been regarded as a very good drifter but then they get in this brand new car like brand new everything, super good parts, like name brand everything, like no penny or yeah. unturned and blah 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 blah. And then they drive it for the first time and they don't do very good. You know, it's like it to me, in my opinion, I just I wanna stick with what I know. You'd rather have that consistency. You know? Yeah. But the only bad thing is, which actually ISR pointed out to me when I was uh talking to them about sponsorship is you know the times they are changing so people want to see different cars people want to see the frs's and the 370z's and apparently ferraris and shit (laughs) i don't know (laughs) hey
0: (laughs) hey hey that ferrari is gorgeous and no (laughs) one should ever have an issue with that ferrari as long as it's not on fire hey
1: i'm not saying i have an issue with it
0: it's just it's I, holy crap! I mean, really, a Ferrari? And last year Man. was a what V12 dual twin supercharged Ferrari. Yeah. Now it's a V12 on nitrous, no superchargers. yes I don't even know. And then I think <laughs> I
1: just saw I just saw on Facebook today. Apparently, someone built an Aston Martin drift car. I saw. I'm the, like, what I, are you guys doing? I saw
0: the same picture because it was comparing the Ferrari and the Aston Martin in the same picture. I did not see that one. Oh man. I did not yeah. see that one. I saw, there was just like, Hey, who, who can't wait until, you know, Frederico. And I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, go door to door. Yeah. i am be like, yeah. Hey, was, let me ask you something real quick. What do you think about that Camaro? The electric one? It looks great. It doesn't sound. <laughs> it doesn't sound. So I was thinking about something.
1: Uh, I haven't watched, too much footage of it but what i did see i don't think there's a shifter in that car right there's just a a handbrake don't Uh, fd don't fd rules state you have to have a manually shifted car
0: well i don't know if it because so that for one it's an el1 camaro which is a factory option camaro
1: Oh, um, I didn't even know
0: that. Yeah. Actually. Uh, it, it's essentially like a Copo Camaro or a Cobra jet Mustang where okay. it's, it's design purpose, but you can buy them from the manufacturer like that. Now, I don't gotcha. believe he's running the EL1 drivetrain. I think he's actually running a drivetrain from Tesla. Um, where hmm. It's a single electric motor drivetrain from Tesla, which is like 400 horse, 800 foot pound of torque. Jeez, (laughs) it's unreal um now but i'm not sure about the actual rulings and stuff from fd uh i looked into the car a lot i'm a huge gm fan so i'm like hey Mm -hmm. we have a camaro back it's not grunwald but i wish it was um (laughs) but yeah i was like that's a sweet looking car and it doesn't look bad it puts down smoke it's not you know it's not as fast as the others it's not putting down the smoke that the others put down but it's not a horrible yeah. car. I only have one, I truly only have one, maybe two issues with the car. The and sound. Both <laughs> revolve around the sound. Uh, <laughs> one, it hurts spectator viewing because you're not hearing, you know, even the four cylinders are roaring out there. Uh, yeah. It's unreal seeing 800, you know, what? Osbo mm-hmm. has a thousand horsepower. Pop-a-baccus oh, my God, no. Um, and then, you know, and what Kearney, I think has a 1400 horsepower twin turbo Viper now. Jesus. (laughs) I didn't Uh, know that either. Yeah. I I haven't been, I haven't been,
1: uh, up with the times too much this year with FD. I've just been kind of focusing on my pro-am, but yeah.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if Kearney's Vipers just had that (laughs) power for the last like four years, but it was a thousand. And then just every year they just. Go ahead and mark it up another hundred on the sheet. Um, be like, yeah, sure. Let's tell them it's 1100 this year. Oh, it's 1200. You won't guess what we did. Nothing because it's already been 1400. We're just lying to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, But I mean, yeah, like all the cars out there are just unreal. The amount of power they're putting out in the engines they have in them. Oh, I know. Um, I know. But the other issue with the audio for, or with the uh, sound from the Camaro um, and I didn't think about this at first was for, if you're following him, because depending on your car, you can often still hear the lead car pretty well.
1: Uh, yeah. And you can tell when they're speeding up or slowing yeah, down. You, or whatever. You hear,
0: yeah. You can hear that throttle response going on from the exhaust note and you get none yeah. of that. That's a um, good point. So Very that, good point. that to me is the biggest issue. I love seeing, you know, if you wanted to bring hybrids into the sport, I think that could be really cool. Like you have like the La Ferrari and everything that are hypercar hybrids. Uh-huh. Um, where it's you know, you still get the power of the gas engine, but you have electric motors to assist it and you get torque at every level. Uh that's yeah. just unreal. Um I'm uh I'm too old fashioned for that kind of stuff, I think. <laughs> You're a mechanical engineer. Aren't you supposed to adapt? Exactly.
1: No way we're not supposed to adapt. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Get out of here with that. (laughs) Oh, Oh. my gosh. I
0: I feel like working as an engineer, you're supposed to enjoy new things. I've been lied to all my life. Eh, I mean,
1: it's funny working in my, because I work um, in the aerospace field, and, uh, you know, there's, everyone's getting older and growing up and older people are retiring and y- new younger people are coming in. And it's like, uh, everyone's like, Oh, well we've done it this way forever. Let's just keep doing it this way. Cause it works. And then new people come in and they're like, well, why don't we do it this way? And it's, it's just big thing.
0: Oh yeah. But right.
1: I mean, I'm kind of, I'm in between, I guess. I mean, if there's a simpler way to do something, then sure. Let's do it the simpler way. But if you just want to do something a different way, just because it's different, and uh i I mean let's think about it a little bit more you know what i mean
0: you always want a few as points as few of points of failure as possible Um,
1: yeah exactly which is kind of why i switched to a v8 because right now at least at least right now there's no turbo on it (laughs) so i don't have to worry about turbo problems or boost leaks or anything like that and you have
0: half the cams uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um (laughs) Yeah. Uh it's it's definitely a simple engine compared to a lot of pretty much every other engine out there realistically. Oh yeah.
1: And like the the longer I have it, the more I see why people like it the LS Gen 3 based engines so much. Yeah. You know,
0: they're compact cuz it's and... just
1: it's so simple and I uh I applaud GM for pretty much not changing the design of the <laughs> bell housing pattern like ever. <laughs> because uh, I mean you can take like a transmission from the sixties and bolt it to the engine from a you know 2010 or whatever and it's like, oh, that just works? Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it's definitely uh like so basically what we're saying is they're your kind of mechanical engineers working over there.
1: Yeah. And you know <laughs> I think there are some things that I kind of scratch my head at, like, why the hell did you guys do this? but they're probably so few and far between. I just can't think of any right now.
0: Why is your oil pan this terrible from the factory?
1: <laughs> hey, I'm still using a GTO oil pan. Why? But it's got aftermarket baffles. Oh, in there it. we go. There because
0: we go. Uh, yeah, th- th- that's I mean, the only thing not? you had to add. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm- and I got, a big, I got a big oil cooler on there. So I run like two quarts extra oil or something.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, I'm still using a stock GTO oil pan, but I have a stock GTO. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, cars are a little different, but yeah, you get the idea. Just slightly, just slightly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely seems like the GTO oil pans are part of every LS swap into a 240. Um, you know, surprisingly, not. What? It's usually. It's usually canton or cx
1: racing or sicky or blah 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 and i guess no one really thinks of the gto pan for whatever reason um i i guess people just want the extra capacity because all those aftermarket pans they got those i guess you could call them wings that uh expand the width of the oil pan so you can put more oil in there which is a good thing i'm not doubting that or anything but I mean, it works fine for me with the baffles in there and running all that extra oil through the oil cooler too.
0: I've heard the baffle kits fix the issues pretty much, like realistically 100%. Yeah, um,
1: well, so I blew a, blew up a, a 5.3 in Orlando once, and that was when I was not running any baffles and no cooler, nothing yeah. like that. So after that, I decided, oh, I'll just put some baffles in there and run a cooler, run a bunch of extra oil, and we'll be good. And it's been good so far. Seems knock legit. on wood.
0: <laughs> yeah, we never said that. Um that that never happened. We don't want to jinx you on that one. Yeah, we'll just edit that out. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> um, one of
1: those long censored beeps in front of everything.
0: <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Warning. Listening to this is at your own demise. Yeah. We, we apologize for everything that's about to happen here. <laughs> oh man. So um, have you ever been a big uh car movie buff? Any favorite car movies out there? You know, not really.
1: Um I oh, there's it's it's so weird. So many people like my age, you know, late 20s and mid 20s and 30s, they love those car's movies. And I'm just like I've seen them and yeah, they're cool and they're fun, but I don't love them. I don't love them as much as the next car guy, you know what I mean?
0: Like I don't know. Now, just to check, are we talking about the Pixar Cars movies? Or (laughs) I meant just the automotive movie? I hate you so much. No, I meant
1: the Pixar, like, you know, the cartoon Cars.
0: I hate you. And uh, so my
1: girlfriend uh, introduced me to this movie, this old movie called Christine. Oh, yeah. You may have heard of (laughs) And I had never heard of it before. Fury. Yeah. But I need to. I haven't sat down and watched that movie in full yet, but I
0: want to. So, I mean, I'm always
1: down for a good car movie. Oh yeah. It, it, but I don't I,
0: I wouldn't say I have a favorite or anything like that. Fair enough. Yeah, that's definitely a good uh it, it's weird to have a horror movie based around a car. Yeah.
1: Actually, I kind of take that back because
0: Mad Max Fury
1: Road has some awesome cars in it.
0: Dude. i mean why aren't there more people with flamethrower guitars riding around in cars that's all i'm saying i swear to god i mean this so this patrol
1: that i'm building i mean i haven't really said it's gonna be a mad max vehicle (laughs) but i would just love to turn it into a Mad max vehicle and just like put skulls all over it and
0: chains and spikes get that side exhaust spit fire
1: yeah (laughs)
0: fuck yeah
1: and uh and what i what I uh, didn't fully realize when I watched the movie, uh, I went to Denver to see a friend and go to a music festival, and during the downtime, we went to some library or something, and I found a book about Mad Max Fury Road, and it was specifically about the cars. Okay. And I I read that pretty much all of those vehicles were real, and like they yeah. actually built them, and like they actually put two semi engines on like a Cadillac chassis and put another Cadillac half back half on top of that. And I'm like, Holy crap. They actually built these things. Are you serious?
0: Oh dude. It like, yeah. The more you look into that movie, Mm -hmm. the more you find out why they went over budget and how amazing it really was.
1: Yes, Um, for sure. I would have loved to have been part of the team to build those cars. That would have been amazing.
0: Supposedly they were going to have a sequel for it, but that hasn't happened yet. And I've really been wanting it to because that was an awesome movie. And yeah, I need to look into that completely badass cars. Oh, you know
1: what? Now that you say that, yeah. Weren't they going to do like a Furiosa spinoff? Yes. Like centered on
0: Furiosa. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Hope Right. (laughs) Right. Um. Though I'm still a giant Tom Hardy fan. uh, Yeah, he did real good, I think. Yep. um, That movie was
1: killer. It just sucks that the Commodore got destroyed like right at the beginning of that movie, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a sweet car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although I did learn what I thought was kind of funny is in the uh, the... I guess you could say the three original movies, yeah. the... Supercharger on that car was fake. Really?
0: Yeah. That's disappointing. I know. I can't remember I feel like it was a different I know the like the first movie feels way different than the second and third. I thought the exact same thing. Um, I was
1: like I sat down to watch the first one and I'm like, is is this really Mad Max?
0: (laughs) For the first three, the second one is by far the best one. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. Um, the first movie, it's not terrible, but it feels awkward if you like, because I saw the <laughs> I saw the second, third, then the first in my life. Oh, okay. So yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, well, like I don't know, cable TV growing up and stuff. Yeah. Um. But then going to the first one, I'm like, wait, he's a cop? What's? What? Yeah. None of this makes sense yeah I, I knew what the second movie
1: in the other one yeah and I, kn- I knew what the second and third one were all about so when I watched the first one I was like, uh, what's going on here isn't is what yeah. <laughs> and then and then it kind of like evolved into that second one or whatever and I was like, oh so this this is more what I was expecting yeah
0: but just how did Thunderdome happen <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, oh man, I I just want to build up an AMC Javelin now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all those cars were pretty sweet. Tell you what,
0: yeah, there's so many sweet cars from the (laughs) late 60s, early 70s that seem like they'd be a lot of fun, and then you find out that the suspensions in them are so terrible, you pretty much have to redo everything if you want a car that drives well. Oh, yeah. I mean, back in the day, I'm sure they were fine, but oh, I mean, leaf springs were accepted for a long time. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, Ask Corvette owners. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, uh, I'm sure anyone with a Corvette listening hates me now and has just turned off this podcast. <laughs> Sayonara. <laughs> but so, what's the craziest thing that you've ever done in a car? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever done anything crazy in a car.
1: I've always wanted to jump a car. <laughs>
0: uh, that, that seemed like I, the I, next step then.
1: I put a KA24 in a Suzuki Samurai but that's more of something that I've done to a car not in a why? car. Because <laughs> I didn't want a 1.3 liter carbureted engine. That's why.
0: Why did you want a Samurai though?
1: Uh I didn't want it. So the story with that is is I acquired a dune buggy project. Okay. Which was actually really sweet. It was a uh dune buggy powered by a 2.3 Ford turbo motor out of an 88 Thunderbird. But anyways, I finished that project and I traded it for a Miata and a Samurai. And then I sold the Miata to a friend and then I kind of built up the samurai a little bit and it was really fun but I just didn't like the 1.3 and I went on a an off road trip and it just kind of stopped running <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so I was like you know what instead of trying to fix this engine I'm just going to swap it
0: <laughs> I'm surprised everything was like it, the K can't just bolt up to it can it
1: Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Everything
0: was custom. Everything okay. was custom. <laughs> I'm just like this couldn't have been like that easy of a swap to do, so I'm just like No. it was it was
1: kind of a mod podge of parts. It was, you know, a Nissan engine, a two hundred forty SX engine, a hard body transmission, it had a Honda Civic radiator on it. <laughs> do uh, what you
0: gotta do, I guess. Exactly, yeah. Oh man. That's good. Um yeah it was fun (laughs) so do you have any uh future mods planned for your current 240 so at the end of this year
1: what my plan is to do uh heads and a cam and a tune and just you know do like a not a rebuild but change out all the easy stuff on the engine you know like do like a full gasket kit and like pretty much put a put a new timing kit on there and rebuild slash yada yada. upgrade the
0: top end for the most yeah. part
1: yeah 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 and um and then tune it for as much as i can get out of it
0: okay. and we'll see what happens is it
1: currently and then, just like
0: full stock stock cam stock heads everything yeah oh wow oh yeah yeah oh you are a crazy person uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize, because I mean, if it's a 5.3, it's putting out probably like 250 to the wheels, if even. So it's
1: 285 from the factory, but that's, you know, a uh, brand new motor. But yeah, but then again, that's with a bunch of restrictions and yeah.
0: You're looking not at truck an wheels, aftermarket intake. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's got, you know, hooker headers and a full straight okay. exhaust you know and all that. So. I I don't know. (laughs) Actually, I'm trying to get it tuned as it is just to squeeze a little more out of it. So hopefully I'll know soon what it's actually making.
0: That works. Uh, Yeah, you definitely have to let me know. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) It'll be over social media, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, So what's the next event that you're hitting up in general? The next event will be Bristol. July
1: 27th and 28th, which is round three.
0: How do you go so long between events?
1: Um, I have other things that
0: take up my money. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I always see people just like, Oh, just craving, just got the itch, need to go do an event. And then I know, I mean, there was one
1: year where I was trying to do like at least one event per month. Yeah. And I wish I could do that, but, uh, I'm trying to not only save money, but also save the car. Cause you know, if I go to some event, that's not a competition and Sometimes something breaks. happens to yeah. it, then it's like, oh crap. Competition is, you know, only one or two or th- only three weeks away. What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, you know, I'm trying to save the car and I know that's going to hurt my seat time for all the other drifters listening right now. Yes. I know it's going to hurt my seat time. Please. Just don't bother me about that. I know, but I just, I want to save the car. I got you. You know, that
0: makes sense. Um, yeah,
1: except for LS Fest and grid life, because I'm going to LS Fest and I would really like to go to Grid (laughs) life. So we'll see what
0: happens. That would be sweet. Um, yeah, I can't wait for LS Fest this year. Uh, I wish I could make it out to the East 10 events. They're just, they're quite a drive away for most of them. Except for the one, the one that's super close happened. Yeah, the one that's ah uh, uh. Yeah, because um, I think NSS is about forty five minutes from my house. Nice uh, yeah, for the two events they have there a year now. Um, yeah, I know, right? Oh man, I hate Nissan. Or even right the fairground, or even the fairgrounds. Oh, I miss the fairgrounds so much. That was such a fun place to drift. I guess Turismo drift isn't happening this year. I haven't looked um, to see what's going on. I, with that. I do not know. I just know that the
1: one time that they had it at the fairgrounds, my car just wasn't up to their safety rules. So
0: I couldn't I got drift. You. And I was really sad. <laughs> Understandably. So, um, yeah, yeah, that I haven't heard anything about any drifting around the fairgrounds at all. So I need to look into that too. I'll probably hit up human after this. Hey, you should buy Uh, the track and uh, then we can go drift. Yeah. I will totally do that right on the moment (laughs) that I make money. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's weird. Things cost money that I don't have. I hate it. (laughs) I know. I hate that too. It keeps happening. Um, so you, so are you not going to make it to Bristol? No, I, I, that's, that's probably where we're going. Um, yeah, I doubt I'll make it to Bristol. Um, I I missed National Super Speedway because I had I went to LS Fest West to visit family of mine in Vegas that weekend. Gotcha. Um, cool. And they just had to have it on the same weekend. That that wasn't fair. From you know, choice, right. choices had to be made. Dang um, it, Louie. Yeah. Way to go, Louie. Don't set <laughs> NSS on the same weekend as LS Fest. It's a bad idea. And I will never get invited back to an East 10 event. There we go. <laughs> um, and round four is that uh, Lanier? Yes. And I'm actually really looking forward oh, to that. Dude, I bet that's going to be unreal. That should be a blast, actually. Yeah. I've never drifted there, but I've
1: you know seen so many videos and it looks so fun. Oh, oh man.
0: That track looks intense. Um, I might actually try and make that one if I can come on man um yeah i'll just have to i gotta check to see when it is um september or sometime i think it's like the end of september yeah it, it's always good to support uh east 10 they uh put on a great program series at least
1: yes they really do honestly um i have no real complaints for it right now yeah
0: yeah um
1: know, it's only their second season i mean yeah if anything, you got to at least give them some slack, but yeah, I think everyone's having a great time. Everyone's doing their best.
0: So, has there been any drivers out at the pro am that you've just uh, enjoyed doing tandems with more than any more than others or any that you've uh have noticed a crazier style mm-hmm. than what you're used to?
1: So, the let me think. Whew the very first battle of my very first program competition was against Blake Vanthoff. And, uh, somehow I won, but, uh, (laughs) I was talking to him afterwards and apparently he's got like a thousand horsepower under the hood of that BMW. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs)
0: That's unreal.
1: Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, jesus really (laughs) i mean that's awesome but i think it's a little much for pro-am i I mean i guess if you're gonna tune a car though you might as well get as much as you can out of it
0: honestly that's a bit much for pro 2 um i don't know any pro 2 drivers that are running i think north of 800 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i mean i i think on the on that day he was i think he said he was having
1: transmission problems because yeah, like he's losing, running a thousand losing.
0: horsepower in the BMW, <laughs> yeah,
1: losing gears here and there, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think round two, I didn't get to go up against him, but based on what I saw, I think he was doing real good. So
0: that's cool. You know, he's
1: a good driver, and I didn't tandem too much uh, the first two competitions, at least like in practice and all that. Uh, as far as different styles, I don't really notice anyone. Any, I mean, I guess everyone was just doing what they do. Sure. Um, Ricky Hoffman is my arch nemesis. Now it's, <laughs> I've, I've named him my arch nemesis because he's been the one to knock me out at both competitions. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we'll have to see what comes out of that. I'm not, does he, is he aware that he's your arch nemesis?
1: Well, uh, he probably will be after hearing this. If you to it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Uh yeah, we'll have to see what comes out of uh the third event and yeah. see if you guys get matched yeah. up against each other or not. Yeah, um, we'll see. I need I need to redeem myself real bad. <laughs> now with the the East 10 program events has it pretty much been like morning practice, get hot laps in and then just goes to single elimination. So,
1: it's actually double elimination, which I am um, uh I I like it and I don't like it. You know, it's the, the first round was kind of confusing because I got knocked out in, I was still apparently within top 32. And then that's when Ricky knocked me out. And I was like, Oh man, he knocked me out. It's good race. He won fair and square. Let's pack up, go home, whatever. And then like, after I had literally packed everything into my trailer and changed out of my race, uh, Um, Jeremy Garza came up to me. He's like, Hey man, you're up. I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I got knocked out. And then he was like, no man, double elimination. You're up. And I'm like, well, there's no way I can get back to the grid in five minutes. So I had to kind of forfeit that, I guess. So that sucks. And then I made sure I was ready and understanding (laughs) for the, the second round of competition, you know? Yeah. But it's a way, I guess, you know, it gives drivers a, a second chance. If they lose their first battle or whatever, it gives them a second chance to yeah. get back in the running. So, and I, worse, don't I don't know. I don't know if it, it is more seat time, but it's also a lot more competition time. And, you know, I, I understand that if, you know, you were doing good all day, and then all of a sudden you go to your first competition battle and then you just you just mess up and it sucks and you get knocked out you know on one hand i guess you should get a second chance but on the other hand you got knocked out you know what i mean but it you know it works like that for me too so if i get knocked out then i would i got a second chance too so that's the good part about it you know but the bad part is if we weren't doing double elimination in round two then uh I think Ricky would have been knocked out and I wouldn't have gotten to go against him. <laughs> for example. Fair enough, you know? fair enough. Yeah.
0: Oh man. But
1: but I mean everyone gets the same treatment, so it's yeah. it is fair, you know. It's not like it's unfair.
0: Without a doubt. Um it it definitely seems like something that wouldn't work in the higher up, but it seems nice for especially pro am where people are competing at such different levels cuz like as we mentioned you know having a 1000 horsepower car competing and a 2 to 300 ish horsepower 240 <laughs> in the same event um yeah. i mean you can go up against such a huge variety of cars out there that it's hard to know competition where at least in like fd sure you have everyone's between like 800 to 1400 horsepower, but you can only yeah. get so much of that to the ground regardless. Right. Um, yeah.
1: And that's another thing is NSS was really the only round that, um, scared me is because of that first sweeper. You oh, know, it's yeah. so it's such a high speed, long sweeper and, you know, my car's not that fast. So, you know, I figured people were going to be leaving me in that sweeper. And, um, um, I think I did pretty good, you know, for, for what I got, Sure. but I didn't get as much of a chance in competition to see how I did against others. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's why, that's why that track kind of scared me. Cause that's, that was fourth gear, even for me, even with my 200 something horsepower. And, you know, like oh, yeah. I said, going up, against up guys with a thousand horsepower, they could do that thing like easily.
0: You know what I mean? Well, and when, when it comes down to something like that, it's all about the angle because if you're not getting a ton of angle, then you can still spin the tires, but yeah. if you're getting a ton of angle, like if you got a ton of angle with your car in it, you're going to lose speed and not exactly. make it anywhere close to the end of the sweeper. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to really throw it in there. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Um, well, we're coming up to about an hour. Uh, is there anything else that you're wanting to chat about or anything on here? Um, not really just, uh, no, thanks for doing this with me. First time I've ever done anything like this. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I, uh, I mean, I'm doing this to try and help support all the local drift going on out there. Uh, give drivers a chance to kind of speak out, be heard and help build up right. a audience and get people following them. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, we really appreciate, um, people like you and, you know, especially on the other side of what you do, I guess, is the photography. You know, I mean, without you guys, there would be no proof that we can do cool things in cars. So we really appreciate you and all the other photographers that go out there and spend, you know, eight or 10 hours in the sun <laughs> taking pictures of cars.
0: And that's really awesome. I greatly appreciate it, dude. Well, uh, thank you and everyone else that's out there driving. Uh, it's, it's always a blast to see all the events. I hope uh we get a huge crowd out at bristol cheering you on and uh yeah good luck yeah. out there dude yeah come out to bristol
1: thanks very much i appreciate it awesome thank you dude all right man see you later.